Hello, this is Bill Lytell for some wisdom for your walk. Today I want to speak about something that, is, that as far as I know, historically, no one historically has ever recorded an Israelite obeying this law given in the book of Moses, the book of Deuteronomy, uh, chapter 21, verses 18 through 23. As far as we know, no one ever obeyed these verses. Let me read them to you. If a man have a stubborn and rebellious son, which will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and that when they have chastised him will not hearken unto them. So they've done everything they know to do to control the boy, try to help him, and he rebelled. Then shall his father and his mother lay hold on him and bring him out unto the elders of the city and unto the gate of his place. And they shall say unto the elders of the city, this our son is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. All the men of the city shall stone him with stones and that he die. So shall they put evil away from among you that all Israel shall hear and fear. If any man have committed a sin worthy of death, he be put, on, be put to death and thou hang him on a tree. His body shall not remain all night upon the tree, but thou shalt in any wise bury him that day. For he that is hanged is accursed of God, that thy land may be not defiled, may not be defiled, which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance. Now what this does is goes along with chapter 3, verse 13 of Galatians, where it says, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. He made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. That's referring, of course, back there to Deuteronomy chapter 21. God told the children of Israel, if you have a son that won't obey, if you have a child that won't obey, you've done everything you know to do to them, they won't obey. Bring them before the elders of the city. Make your case. The elders of the city with you will put the, that child to death that the evil basically be not spread among the people. Far as we know, historically, that has never been done by any child or parent, I should say any children of any of the children of Israel or parent of the children of Israel. That's amazing to me. That's amazing to me because God, the Father, did that to his son for us. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse twenty one says, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him it even goes a step further than what Deuteronomy chapter 21 18 through 23 says uh, God put his son who knew no sin had done nothing wrong was impeccable he put him to death for us who were sinful were wicked were uh, subject to the wrath of God and deserving of it the Bible makes it so plain that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The just for the unjust, the righteous for the unrighteous. All the sin of the entire world, and I want you to notice it's a singular word there in 2 Corinthians 5.21. For he hath made him to be sin. That's taken all the sin of the world, the sins of the hookers and the sins of the transgenders and the sins of the immoral, the sins of the murderers and the sins of the thieves and the sins of those who are, are just cheaters and, 
and wicked and abominable in every direction hurt people around them. The sins of every sinner that had ever been born were placed upon the Son of God at Calvary. No wonder he cried, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? No wonder it was dark for three hours upon the cross. God turned his face away from the Son of He could not look upon sin. And for three hours, it was dark. I believe that was to hide in some degree, hide the wicked eyes of man from the ultimate suffering of the Son of Man, the Son of God upon that old rugged cross. I like Isaiah 53. I mean, most of you uh, are familiar with Isaiah 53. You may or may not be, I don't know. But I think you ought to memorize Isaiah 53 as close as much as possible. If you can't memorize it, at least read it over. Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we, when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he had borne our griefs, carried our sorrows. That's that substitutionary death of Christ there. Yet we did esteem him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded, not for his transgressions, but for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All oh, we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid upon him the iniquity of us all. It's consistent from the beginning of Genesis to the end of the book of Revelation that God so loved us that he was willing to substitute his only begotten son so that we might have eternal life. Now, how what kind of a Christian should we be? With that kind of forgiveness, what kind of people should we be? What kind of zeal should we have? Uh, what kind of fervency to read the Word of God should we have or to tell others that Jesus saves should we have? We shouldn't be uh, backing away or cowarding away from the obligation that God has given us to do His will. We should be running up and grabbing a hold of it and saying, God in heaven, give it to me. I'll take it uh, because it's, it's ours to have. Well, may the Lord give us wisdom as you, as you think about this a little wisdom for your walk. Remember, what no Israel would, Israelite would do to his child, so God the Father did to his only begotten Son for you and for me. What kind of love is this?